Pedro Alonso Lopez, 57 to 300 plus victims. Let's all go down the rabbit hole of conspiracies, fears, and mysteries. Oh my god, how's everybody doing, man? How's everybody doing? I'm on I'm on melatonin, so I don't know how long this podcast is gonna go, but I'm gonna explain as much as I can when I talk about this. Next, uh intricate. I wanna I don't wanna give them any good titles, but um this serial killer, man, is you know, we're in the month of October, and I'm not trying to glorify anything they did, but you know, in the month of October and what they did is horrifying and scary. So, you know, October is supposed to be a scary month. So I'm going to do a lot of things with serial killers, which is what this podcast talks about a lot when it comes to the mysteries and fears part. And some of it is conspiracies too, but you know, that's one of the things they talk about aside from conspiracies, actual conspiracies and mysteries and ghosts and stuff and things like that. So let's talk about this guy, man. Uh, but before I do, before I do, before I do, let's get a word from the sponsor all right all right so let's get back to it man so uh man pedro alonso lopez let's get right into it man because this guy there's a lot on this guy and i'm gonna try to give you the meat and potatoes of him meat and potatoes of this guy let me give you a brief synopsis of pedro alonso lopez aka the monster of the andes his classification, of course, is serial killer, and this comes from Murderpedia. You can look it up. Uh, reason I picked it is because it has to do with this country. One of the one of the countries where he did a lot of killing, I believe he's from there, is where my wife's from. So, um, characteristics: rape and, of course, killing. Number of victims: fifty-seven to three hundred plus. Date of the murders: nineteen sixty-nine to nineteen eighty. Date of arrest: March 9th, nineteen eighty. Date of birth. October 8th, 1948. Victim profiles, girls between 9 and 12 years old. That is insane. Method of murder, strangulation. Location, Peru, Ecuador, and Colombia. Status, his current status is he's sentenced to 16 years in prison in Ecuador on January 25th, 1981, released on August 31st, 1994, rearrested an hour later as an illegal immigrant and handed over to Colombian authorities who charged him with a 20-year-old murder. He was found to be insane and held in a psychiatric wing of a Bogota hospital in 1998. He was declared sane and released on $50 bail. No one knows if Lopez is dead or alive. That is incredible. That is incredible. Okay, let me let me read to you a little about him. And fifty dollars bail, man. Fifty dollars bail. Jesus Christ, 
Pedro Alonso Lopez, born 8 October 1948 in Santa Isabel, Colombia, is a Colombian-born confessed serial killer, accused of raping and killing more than 300 girls across South America. Aside from unsighted local accounts, Lopez's crimes first received international attention from an interview conducted by Ron Leitner, a longtime freelance photojournalist who reported interviewing Lopez in his Ambato prison cell in 1980. Leitner's interviews were widely published, first in the Chicago Tribune on Sunday, 13 July 1980, then in Toronto Sun and the Sacramento Bee on 21 July 1980, and later in many other American papers and foreign publications over the years. Apart from Leitner's account, in two brief Associated Press wire reports, the story was published in the world's most infamous murders by Bohr and Blundell. According to Leitner's story, Lopez became known as the Monster of the Andes in 1980 when he led police to the graves of 53 of his victims in Ecuador, all girls between 9 and 12 years old. In 1983, he was found guilty of murdering 110 young girls in Ecuador alone and confessed to a further 240 murders of missing girls in neighboring Peru and Colombia. Lopez was released from prison in 1998. How do you release someone who murdered that amount of be Listen. And how do you release someone that murdered that amount of people? You know what I mean? You know, you murder one person and, you know, and you, 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 the justification of it or whatever. Oh, we got into a fight. I ended up murdering him. We got into this, this, you know. Then, you know, the rehabilitation or whatever. Or he did his time. And, you know, it's not like this guy. But you're talking about a guy who did this practically as a living. That's That was his thing. His whole reason for living was to kill. How do you release him? I, this, is, this one, you know, why in our countries. And I say ours because I'm from Latin. I'm the, from the Caribbean. I'm Latin, you know. And uh, from these other countries, you know, we talk about the justice system in the United States, which is messed up. Yes, it needs a lot of work. And I think every justice system does. Obviously, when we're releasing people who killed over 240 girls just in one country. And, uh, you know, and we're releasing them. Anyway, background. According to Lopez, his mother, a prostitute with 13 children, caught him fondling his younger sister in 1957. Ha. Huh. Let me stop right there. If you've listened to the other episodes, and whenever I've talked about any other killer, any other couple killings, any other any other killer, what do I always say is that there is always a sexual background behind this. Something that had to do with something sexual, a sexual trauma or something. Sex is powerful and Look at this. It, it can cause people to kill. There is always a sexual... When it comes to children, you've got to be very careful. When it comes to sex, you've got to be very careful what you show them. He's, you know, his mother was a prostitute. You know what I'm saying? So, to him, sex wasn't anything special. Sex wasn't something that you, that you respect. You know, it was something that could be disrespected. She, he probably saw his mom being disrespected by... Johns or whatever you want to call them. You know what I mean? So to him, it wasn't anything that he had to respect. Again, not taking up for him, but, 
you know, you got to look at the psychological background of this. Okay, so uh, she caught him fondling his younger sister in 1957 when he was eight years old and evicted, um, when he was eight years old, and evicted him from the family home. You evicted eight, well, 1950, she's a prostitute. She's not, she's probably not even think she has, how many kids? She had uh, eight, no, I'm sorry, 13. She had 13 children. She's probably not even thinking of helping them, getting them help or anything, like anything, anything psychological. Wow. He was then taken. He was then picked up by a man, taken to a deserted house, and repeatedly sodomized. Boom. What did I say? What did I say? At age 12, he was taken in by an American family and enrolled in a school for orphans. He ran away because he was allegedly molested by a male teacher. At 18, he says he was gang raped in prison, and he claimed three... And, and he claimed killed three of the rapists while still incarcerated. Wow. Okay, after his jail term, he started preying on young girls in Peru. He later claimed that by 1978, he had killed over 100 of them. He had been caught by a native tribe who were preparing to execute him when an American missionary intervened and persuaded them to hand him over to the state police. The police soon released him. He relocated to Colombia and later Ecuador. Killing about three girls a week. This is giving me chills, man. Lopez later said, I like the girls in Ecuador. They are more gentle and trusting, more innocent. Jesus Christ. The authorities had previously believed the disappearance of so many girls was due to sexual slavery or prostitution. So they they didn't even look at they didn't even look into it. Lopez was arrested when an attempted abduction failed and he was trapped by market traders. He confessed to over 300 murders. The police only believed him when a flash flood uncovered a mass grave of many of his victims. Oh, my God. According to the BBC, he was arrested in 1980 but was freed by the government in Ecuador at the end of last of last year, of the last year, 1988. Now, I'm sorry, 1998 and deported to Colombia. In an interview from his prison cell, Lopez described himself as the man of the century, and he said he was being released for good behavior. What? Oh, this is upsetting, boy. This is upsetting. An A&E biography documentary reports that he was released by Ecuadorian prison on 31 August 1994 and rearrested an hour later as an illegal immigrant because, wow, okay, so, okay and handed over to Colombian authorities who charged him with a 20-year-old murder. He was found to be insane and held in a psychiatric wing of a Bogota hospital. In 1998, he was declared sane and released on $50 bail. $50. We've got people that get arrested for a bag of weed with more with a higher bail bond. The same documentary says that Interpol released an advisory for his rearrest by Colombian authorities over a fresh murder in 2002. My God. 2002, guys. 2002, okay? He has not been heard from or seen since his release, and to date, no one knows if Lopez is dead or alive. I hate to sound like this, but I hope he is not alive. APY reports. Two APY reports from July 1980 and January 1981 are extant. The first is a late report of Lopez's arrest in March and his confession to killing 103 girls, including 53 whose bodies had been found. The second reports that he was convicted of three murders and had confessed to 300 sexual assaults and stranglings. Oh, my goodness. So, basically, we don't know if 
if this guy is alive right now. We don't know. I mean, he's old as hell. He's old. I you know. I don't know. He, he'd have the strength to handle a twelve-year-old girl, you know. But hopefully, he doesn't. But you know, you never know. And we—that's incredible. It's incredible. We got people here incarcerated for a bag of weed, and this guy. Oh my goodness! So check this out. Two thousand and nine. I often followed this. This was from a. This is a quotes from him. Uh, interviews. I often followed tourists. This was in two thousand and nine. Hold on, nineteen ninety. Encyclopedia of modern serial killers released by international. Okay, these were quotes from him. I often followed tourist families and their beautiful blonde daughters. Wow, Quito, Ecuador. Modern history's most uh, worst murder. Serial killer of young girls have been released from prison and is free to kill again. That was a headline. Pedro Alonso Lopez served less than one month's prison time in Ecuador for each of 350 young girls he murdered in three countries, but now he's free because the country holding him has no death penalty and had to release him after 20 years. They only gave, The fact that they only gave him 20 years should uh, bother everybody. You know? 20 years for killing 300 over... For killing... For killing one... You know what I mean? We get people here kill one person and they get life. You know, um, I get you know. It, here's here's the thing with the justice system here. Over here, it is a profit. It's profitable to keep people in prison. People make there's people who make money when people are incarcerated. Over there, they don't. Over there, it's not profitable. You know what I mean? There's no private jail. Nobody makes money off of people incarcerated. You know, and in a lot of those countries, you know what I mean? There's not money. They're actually losing money. It costs more money to keep them incarcerated, which is why in countries like that, like in my, you know, Dominican Republic and South America and a lot of a lot of countries other than the United States and modern countries, you know, you can call them third world or whatever, but like as far as food to the inmates, the family has to bring them food. And a lot of times... They're fighting for food. They're, you know, the food, getting food is different. It's, I mean, it's a whole nother ball game. Um, you watch that show Locked Up Abroad. You can see how it is over there. But this guy, the fact that nobody has, they, nobody killed him in prison is a miracle. I mean, that's one thing. Over here, if he would have got locked up for that, I think, I think he would have got caught way before even 100 girls. But the fact that he got locked up for that and nobody killed him is, a, is nothing short of a miracle. I don't know if nobody knew what his charges were or nobody, I don't know, but he should have been taken care of, you know, I'm sorry to say it like that. Um, wow. That, that's, that's crazy. So, but you got, I mean, again, back to the history of this guy, you got to look at the history is horrible. This guy went through a lot of crap. You know what I mean? Not taking up for him. I do in any way, shape, or form, I think he's a monster, like it says, you know? But, um, you know, and I don't know how none of those parents ever got a hold of him because I'm telling you right now, man, and I'm going to clue myself in this. I know a lot of parents where if God forbid, God forbid, please, everything forbid, that that ever happened to anyone's child, you would have to arrest the parent or control or 
detain them somewhere because those parents are coming after this guy. I can't, I, I just can't see myself. I mean, I'm getting mad just talking about him. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, it's one thing if like, you know, we kind of take it different when we hear the story of, oh, this person murdered this guy or murdered this adult woman, you know? Yeah, it's it's just as bad. It's bad. Murder is murder. But, you know, it's bad. But it's there's something very, very disturbing about somebody killing a child. And the younger they are, the worst. Because this living human is pretty much defenseless, innocent as innocent can be. So you're killing innocence, you know. Um, I'm not saying that if you rape grown women, it was a different thing. You know, you don't want them to rape and kill anybody about that. <laughs> but when it's a child, it's a whole different animal. You know, it's a whole different animal. And this guy's, this guy, wow. That's a lot. That's a lot, man. That is a lot. Um. And it says here, there was an unofficial reward, believed raised by the families of his victims of 25,000 U.S. for any guard or prisoner who killed him. Oh, wow. I would search for weapons as I went through the three levels of security. What is, um, I skipped through a lot, but this is the, the reporter who interviewed him. That was the only interview he ever did, ever did. And they searched him up and down, made sure he didn't have any weapons because there was a... Uh, a hit out from him, and I'm, I'm surprised that the guards pulled so much security on him because normally that doesn't happen. You know what I mean? Uh, it says, taking off my shoes, I tiptoed down the corridor and peeked over the edge of the small barred window into his cell. The monster of the Andes, as he was known, was on the floor, sitting against the wall, huge hands flexing. On the wall behind him were faded clippings of his mass murder trial. I sat on the other side of the corridor, turned on my flash, and pre-focused my camera on the barred window. Somewhere down the corridor behind me, a guard made a hissing sound. The guard liked to torment the serial killer who feared they would kill him. He, oh, oh, he was in fear. Oh, my heart, please. The monster stirred. He growled and ran at the window, grabbing the bars and snarling. That's when I captured the picture showing his rage and powerful killer hands. Um, there is a picture here. I'm going to try to put that as the picture of, of the, uh, on the podcast because, uh, so you guys can see what it is. That picture that is on the podcast is the picture of him. This is what, that's what it looks like. You can Google him and see more of his story or more, even more. I mean, there's nothing more to say. I saw a small document not doc it was uh, i think it was on youtube documentary on him where he was talking about where they were talking about him and how in his streak of murders and he went from country you know those three countries just murdering children or little girls you know what i mean um this guy you know obviously his background is bad and again you look at a lot of these murderers and a lot of these people that did a lot of these these horrible things and you can there's always a sexual back uh some sexual trauma something either parents uh abused them they were raped and then 
or, you know, their mother was a prostitute or their father molested them or their brother molested them or somebody or something. There's always something. It doesn't just pop up. That's why I believe these killers, these serial killers, these senseless killers are created. They're not born. They're created. They are formed. This is a creation of, of, uh, you know, of, of, of neglect. A lot of, there's a lot of neglect, a lot of ignorance in the creation of these killers. You look back, there's always something. I don't care how normal their life looks. If you look back at Ted Bundy, everybody think, oh, he just had a normal life. But you look back, there was a trauma there that was not taken care of when it happened. Nobody took care of it. You know what I'm saying? This is insane. The monster of the Andes. Wow. Pedro Alonso Lopez. If there's a conspiracy, fear, a mystery, guys, that you want me to look up, don't be, don't hesitate. Don't be hesitant. Yes, don't be hesitant. Don't hesitate to contact me on the Twitter at Conspiracy Fears and Mysteries or CFM or right here on Anchor FM if you're listening to this on Anchor or if you're listening to it, wherever you're listening to it, there's a link for you to contact me. So if you're wondering on Twitter, it's conspiracy is at conspiracy FM pod conspiracy FM pod. You can inbox me, whatever. Hey, look into this. I'll research it and talk about it. If you want to talk about it with me, you can go on anchor. You let me know and we can set up a day when we do this podcast. And if you know more about it with me, I'll ask you questions about it. It's something I want to start doing and we can talk about it on the podcast. You'll be part of the episode. Yes, I have a way to take calls and we'll be part of the episode. Okay. So again, anchor FM conspiracy FM pod on the Twitter. And then of course on the gram, on the gram, you can follow me. At conspiracies, at, uh, well, on the gram, it's creepy cigar or conspiracies underscore fears underscore mysteries. But you could just put creepy cigar and it will come out. It will come out. All right. That's all I got for you, man. Got to get to bed and get back on the grind for next week. And as always, follow me on social media and I will see you on the next smoke. Let's all go down the rabbit hole of conspiracies, fears, and mysteries.